to Do Your Thing, an unapologetic celebration of every version of motherhood. I'm Tamsin Williamson, a life and mindset coach for mums, also known as the Parenthood Coach. And through this podcast, I'll be sharing some beautifully open, honest conversations with inspiring, passionate women who also happen to be mothers about how they loudly and proudly do their thing in life and motherhood in their own unique and authentic ways. Plus, I'll give you an insight into how I do my thing and what that means for me, my career and family. I hope these conversations inspire you to feel the freedom to do your thing and embrace your version of motherhood in a way that feels aligned, empowering and honours your whole self. This is your invitation to do your thing. So let's get on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to this solo episode of Do Your Thing and this week I feel really called to dig into what can prove to be one of the biggest thorns in our side as women and mothers and that is comparisonitis. Oh my goodness, do I bloody hate comparisonitis. <laughs> I honestly believe that comparison is one of the major blocks that can get in our way from feeling the freedom to do our thing in life, parenthood and everything in between. And I say that very much from personal experience. I myself can often be massively susceptible to letting the toxicity of comparisonitis seep into my headspace. So I always find it really, really useful to be reminded to interrupt and override my own comparison when it strikes. And as this podcast is called Do Your Thing, it feels pretty pertinent to dive more deeply into this in the help that it helps free you up from the shackles of comparison as well and supports you to step out of the dark and aggravating shadow that comparisonitis can cast on day-to-day life. I'm sure many of you have heard the expression, comparison is the thief of joy by Theodore Roosevelt. And this expression really packed a punch when I first heard it because it really does explain why comparison can weigh us down so heavily. Because ultimately, feelings of comparison often seriously threaten and cast doubt over the things, people and experiences in our lives that we expect to be the most joyful or meaningful or that we hold most dear. And that can feel extremely painful at times and it can feel really heavy and hard to escape. As humans, our inclination to compare ourselves to other people is so common and natural, but it is also fierce and it can play out sometimes completely subconsciously as our way of assessing or measuring up how we believe that we are doing in life. We often look to other people to feel better about ourselves or to feel a sense of security that we're fitting in or accepted amongst our peers. But on the flip side, as our gaze can drift over to look at what other people are doing, we can often end up feeling pretty damn inadequate and disappointed with our lot and feel filled with a sense that we are getting life all wrong. Does that sound familiar to any of you? 
When comparison strikes, it can feel pretty damn crappy. And probably at times the word crappy is a massive understatement for how it feels. But through the work that I have done on myself in terms of learning how to grapple and overcome my own comparisonitis, and also through the work that I have done to support so many of my clients to navigate their own feelings of comparison, I can put my hand on my heart and I can declare to you that it is possible to release ourselves from our comparison. And in fact, comparisonitis can really help us to access some super helpful information that can help bring us so much closer to doing life in a much more aligned and authentic way. And that is why I have named this episode What is your comparisonitis really telling you in a bid to help you befriend your comparison when it rears its head rather than letting it swallow you up? Are you not quite sure if I'm really, really going to convince you? Well, keep listening as it is absolutely all here for the taking. Before we dig into the meat of this episode, I think it is really important to discuss why so many of us do end up getting swallowed up by comparisonitis, because it really has become a bit of an epidemic. If you ask me, the comparison complex that so many of us suffer from massively comes down to society's out of control obsession with perfection. Thankfully, a more prominent narrative around showing ourselves more compassion and celebrating ourselves and accepting our imperfections has definitely started emerging. But old habits do also die hard. And despite our best efforts, it can feel so hard to shake off some of that deeply ingrained conditioning around striving for perfection that many of us will have absorbed through our upbringings and beyond. As women especially, we feel this need to set ridiculously high and often unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And we give ourselves so little leeway to mess things up or to do things subpar. But the reality is life is not conducive with perfection. Life is unpredictable. It is chaotic. It is repeatedly changing with incessant obstacles and unexpected surprises to navigate. I think the pandemic that we have all lived through proves that point perfectly. And I think anybody that has raised kids will surely be able to see that too. But our rational minds block out that perspective and we insist on loading ourselves up with the lofty expectations and unachievable standards that we observe, admire and absorb from others. Standards that we tell ourselves are the right way or the better way without actually questioning whether they are our way. Which, if you have listened to any previous episodes of this podcast, you will know that I believe is a massive red herring because ultimately there is no right or wrong way to do life, to raise your kids. There is only your way. And that is the true path that you need to take in order to live a happy and fulfilled life that feels like you. Saying that, however, we all know that comparison isn't really interested in that outlook. 
And actually, the smallest of comparison-based niggles can really have the most profound and detrimental impact on us. And we can tie ourselves in absolute knots about so many aspects of being a woman and being a mother and being a human in general. From how we bring up our kids, to how attractive, slim or well-dressed we are, to how successful we are in our careers, to how well others are coping with life, to how much money people appear to have, to name but a few things. And I'm sure that you'll be able to add all sorts of other niggles to that list that spark off your comparison. On a personal level, when I became a mum, I definitely felt myself become super aware of how easily other people appeared to be finding motherhood compared to me. I've compared myself physically to other people before, and that is definitely something that crops up for me now, especially since becoming a mum and my body changed so much. And I've been super triggered in the past by other women in business who I have compared myself to feeling like I'm not doing as well or as much as they are. I have seen and felt for myself that getting pulled into a comparison spiral can be a hugely destructive force to my happiness and my mental health and my overall well-being. And having worked through my own triggers, I now understand and accept that comparison absolutely happens to the very best of us. It is a totally human response, but it can blur your own judgment and have a knock-on effect on your self-confidence and it can really hold you back from pursuing your ambitions and suck the joy out of life. And honestly, those things are worth way more than that. So it is really worth learning how to navigate through the comparisonitis and come out on the other side feeling so much better in yourself and about your life. Because you are undoubtedly doing some amazing stuff with your life and others are probably looking at you and wishing that they were more like you, whether you believe it or not. So before I reveal to you what your comparisonitis is really trying to tell you, I thought it would be useful to share a few initial steps that you can take to lay a bit of groundwork, if you like. Let's call them your comparisonitis basics. The 101 that I believe is really, really useful to get under your belt before you really start to dig into dealing head on with your comparison. And the first and most important step to take is to really open your eyes and heighten your self-awareness around what is actually triggering your comparison. And I would say that this is the first important step to take when it comes to any sort of mindset work. Yes, you could just bury it under the carpet and live with it. But honestly, denial is unlikely to do you any good. Because if you don't understand why it's happening or what the root cause is, it's going to be really, really hard to remove yourself from those triggers and shift to a more positive and constructive place. So facing the challenge head on is most definitely the best place to start. And starting to track when your comparison rears its head can be a really eye-opening experience. So how do you do this? I would suggest going into day-to-day -day life with your eyes and your ears and your mind wide open and keeping a note of every time that your comparison is triggered. 
Maybe track this over a period of a week or a few days. And every time you notice your comparison popping up, jot it down in a notebook or maybe in the notes section of your phone. You might want to think about what activities or themes or people trigger the comparison in you. You may want to pay attention to the words that you say to yourself when your comparison rears its head or what behaviour your comparison then leads to. Once you've compiled your list and your reflections, I would just take some time to look back over the words and the thoughts that you have captured without judgment and just observe what you think might be going on for you. Are there any patterns or perhaps some common themes that might really be setting you off? Is it a person or an activity or a particular topic that really, really gets your comparison going? The sooner that you can get the clarity around what it is that is setting you off, the sooner that you can make a plan and start to do something about protecting yourself, your happiness and your mental health from your comparison. Once you've completed this first stage of the groundwork and you've managed to identify some of the key themes or patterns that are triggering your comparison, the next step is to try and focus on what you are doing in your own life, in that area or generally, rather than staying stuck on the things that you aren't doing or being. Now, I know that that can feel much, much easier said than done, and it can feel like quite an uncomfortable experience at times to kind of celebrate ourselves. And you might find that your mind just seems to get stuck on the negative beliefs that you have about yourself rather than the positive ones. And there is actually a scientific reason for that, because our minds are actually designed that way. Our minds have something that is called a negativity bias that is inbuilt, which is very, very inconvenient because what it means is that our negative thoughts or experiences, they have a much greater impact on our brains than the positive ones. So as a result, we feel the sting of failure, of criticism, of judgment or comparison in a much more powerful way than we feel the joy of praise or success. And those negative narratives can feel so hard to shake off. So, for example, you might be having a really great day. You might be feeling on top of the world, really good about yourself. And then suddenly you might see a post on Instagram by a friend that you find really irritating and that makes you feel really inadequate. And then you might find yourself stewing on this for the rest of the day to the extent that it can absolutely colour your mood and your overall perception of your day, even though it was only actually a brief moment in the grand scheme of things. And even though things were actually going really well before this trigger hit. This bias toward the negative, it leads us to pay so much more attention to the bad stuff, making them seem so much more important than they really are. But we can train ourselves to deviate away from the negativity that stems from our comparison to others and lean into a much more positive pattern of thinking. And one way to do this is to catch ourselves when we find our comparison triggered and to try and turn our gaze away from what other people are doing. And instead, when we feel ourselves spiralling into comparison mode, try and hit pause and focus on all that you are rather than all that you're not. 
I read a really powerful expression recently that really connected to this idea. It said, if we focus on all that our life isn't, we miss all the beauty that our life is. So, for example, rather than focusing on the wholesome activities that you didn't do with your kids at the weekend that your mate Jane is always gloating about, see if you can remind yourself of the stuff that did happen with your children. Maybe it was the really funny, silly conversation that you had on the school run. Maybe it was the kitchen disco that you had the other day while you were making dinner. Whatever felt good for you in your world and in your experience of life and parenthood, anchor yourself in that and leave the rest. Because all that really matters is what feels good for you and what the good looks like in your world. And this leads us really nicely into a third and final bit of groundwork that you would really benefit from doing when it comes to tackling your comparisonitis. And that is all around parking the shoulds. It is so easy to get caught up in being the type of person, the type of woman, the type of mother that you think that you should be as if there is a mould that we need to fit. We load ourselves up with shoulds day in, day out. Honestly, if you take a moment to actually notice how often you use the word should, it is really, really quite shocking. But the fact is that as humans, we really are all unique. We are all made up of our own unique values, beliefs and qualities, which are impacted by the individual experiences that we have all had in our lives. So as a result, there is no such thing as normal and there is no rule book or secret to getting life right that is going to apply to everybody, which actually makes all the shoulds null and void. Because one thing that works for one person is very, very unlikely to work for everybody. Yes, there are many people out there who may very passionately vouch for their way, who may tell you that their way is absolutely the right one. And they might band those opinions about with a level of confidence that gives them the impression that they are the absolute oracle. But just because it works for them, it does not mean it will work for other people. And it definitely doesn't mean that it will work for you. Which is why the abstract standards that we set ourselves when we try to mimic other people's ways of doing stuff often doesn't feel aligned with who we are. Because often we're just trying to live up to somebody else's way or live up to somebody else's expectation rather than our own. So rather than letting other people dictate or influence how you live your life, see if you could replace the shoulds that crop up with wants. What kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to raise your kids? What do you want to wear? How do you want to live your life? As you start to live your life in a way that feels attuned with yourself, and that feels in alignment with who you really are, how you really want to be doing life, you may find that you're suddenly much less distracted by what other people are up to and your confidence to be yourself will grow rather than staying stuck in a state of comparison. Okay, so 
I've shared the groundwork with you and I would really suggest that those three steps you practice as much as you can on a day-to-day basis, just seeing if you can integrate them into your day-to-day life as a way to tune into yourself much more strongly as opposed to tuning into everybody else. And once you're able to do that, it is going to mean that you are going to be able to spot what your comparisonitis is really trying to tell you. Because ultimately, your comparison is actually a way of being inspired. Yeah, I know, inspiration and comparison, they sort of sound like they're at opposite ends of the scale, right? Inspiration feels like something so positive, something so fruitful, whereas comparison sounds really kind of suffocating and unpleasant. But in fact, when you find yourself in a comparison trap, very often it can be because you have identified something that perhaps is lacking in your own life. And the comparison can very, very often show up as a negative response. But in fact, there is a whole load of positivity and learning and inspiration that you can draw from your reactions if you look at them from a slightly different perspective. If you look at them with an open-mindedness, with a sense of curiosity. So I would really love to invite you to see if you can reframe some of these apparent signs of your own inadequacy to become a much more inspirational sign of what you want more of in your life. Ask yourself the question, what is this reaction telling me about what is missing in my life? Or is this person or this situation actually signposting me to something that really matters to me or something that I really want for myself? So, for example, you might have a friend who is always off on weekends away with her family and that might spark off your comparison and make you feel like you live the most unexciting of lives and that you never have proper connection with your family. But if you're able to reframe your response to this, you may actually realise that this is a sign that you're missing adventure and a change of scenery in your life. And it might just be the signal that you need to inspire you to book a night away or to go on a fun day trip or just to shake up your family routine so that you do something a little bit different that is going to bring a little bit more fun and adventure into your life. Your comparison doesn't always need to mean that you want to create a carbon copy experience or situation as somebody else. Often it can mean that actually what you really need is to tune into yourself and to find what your version of that situation or experience would look like for you. That is when your comparison can really, really be so valuable and bring so much more richness into your life rather than negativity. So why not give it a go? See if you can actively choose to be inspired by other people rather than threatened. And when you catch yourself in comparison mode, try to channel all of that time, energy, emotion and headspace into actually improving your own game in ways that are right for you rather than because you're just trying to keep up with somebody else. If you can convert the negative vibes into more positive and purposeful actions for yourself, you'll feel like you are moving forwards for you and living life and doing your thing authentically and in your own lane. 
So as a little bit of homework for you, think about some examples that you could apply to your own life. What kind of inspiration might your comparison triggers be trying to tell you about what you really want in your own life? And have fun with brainstorming. Have fun with your daydreaming and your ideation. It could even be a really fun activity to do as a whole family to throw ideas in the ring that are going to make sense to your family unit and to the needs and the desires that you all have. So there you have it. That is the secret of what your comparisonitis is really trying to tell you. Ultimately, comparisonitis is an inevitability in life in general. But if we can stay aware of what is happening for us and have tools up our sleeves to nip it in the bud before it bulldozes over our happiness, that will make a huge difference to how we feel in ourselves and how we show up every day for ourselves and our families. Remember that you don't need to be like anybody else. As cheesy as it sounds, you just need to be like you. And as soon as you can let all that evidence of your awesomeness sink in and truly believe it, the sooner your comparison will start to take a backseat and you will feel the freedom to do your own thing in your own way, unapologetically. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Do Your Thing. If you enjoyed what you heard, it would mean the absolute world if you could take a moment or two to do one or all of the following small things, which could make a mega difference to the success of this podcast. Follow and subscribe to Do Your Thing, which means you'll never miss an episode. Rate or review the podcast or share the podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy listening to. And if you'd like to continue the conversation or explore working with me on a deeper level, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at The Parenthood Coach or join my email community, The Parenthood Retreat. Just go to theparenthoodcoach.co.uk forward slash newsletter. And remember... There's no right or wrong way to do life or parenthood. There's only your way. So get out there and do your thing unapologetically. See you next time.